Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Dude, could you imagine the boomer posting from a guy who's a thousand years old? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, it's not even minion memes. It's all, like, cuneiform memes, but the same, like, <laughs> the same, like minions. text. Yeah. <laughs> Boys here, the internet's number one female-led podcast is back with more of what you wanted. I am your host, Peter O'Donoghue, and I am desecrating cultural sites in third world countries, and I am joined by... Uh, it's me, Ethan Palmer, and no Jamie this week, because he's giving a handjob to Angelina Jolie. Ooh, some heavy petting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Over the clothes is how she likes it. Yeah, it's to- like it's prom. Yeah. Uh, and Jamie wasn't sure he was going to go. He was really committed to uh doing the lore boys this week but you know pretty insistent and you know he's got a good thing going with her uh she's rich he's hoping to make a buck so it's the only reason jamie got with angelina jolie was for the money obviously yeah he's gonna be a great uh sugar baby and stepfather to her two adopted children who i think are both like our age at this point (laughs) 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 oh my god anyway uh, today's episode about Tomb Raider was requested by Leslie04 and also sort of requested by patron Darkside Bunny, uh, though he had asked specifically for the OG PS1 games, which I have never played. But in the past two weeks over the holidays, I crushed the new uh, Survivor trilogy of Tomb Raider and really, really enjoyed two and three a ton. So uh, here we go. You're welcome, Leslie. Uh, and also shout out and welcome to our New Year new patrons. <laughs> Just an absolute... Like, a, like four of a kind banger names. Cletus Velveeta. Don't, <laughs> t- don't tickle me. Bleak Victory and Mike Jones. And I left a little note here for myself as I admire your no nonsense username, Mr. Jones. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I will say thank you, patrons, for supporting the show. If you want to become a patron, support the show, patreon.com slash the lore boys. I will say those I've I saw those names pop up in our shared uh, inbox as well and had a chuckle at <laughs> every single one of them. Also, yeah. just, like just, just, just the the immediate because uh, Mike Jones is the most recent one where it's just mm-hmm. like the it's like, no, silly season is over. It's just like, yeah, yeah. like slam the brakes <laughs> on right there. <laughs> uh don't tickle me a uh, specific shout out here i was talking to them in chat at some point i was like oh yeah like i'd subscribe like in our fitness channel on the discord linked below it was just like oh i'd subscribe for some blah 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 or whatever and i was like would you subscribe for jacked bt from titanfall 2 and did a very quick sketch of like muscle man body with just the titan's head and yeah. then like like 40 minutes later, we got a new patron. I was like, I'm very, I'm very, very glad I could trick you into joining our cult here. <laughs> it's got to be worth it, right? It's just got to be. I hope so. I was hoping to turn it into a t-shirt over the holidays, but I was too busy and then hung over. So uh, there you go. I we do did, intend on launching that. I did bring it up in a chat in the uh, Discord, which you may not have seen, Peter, but I think we can sell our Skaven art 
now of Steamboat Willie because Steamboat Willie is uh, public domain, right? Oh, get fucked, Disney. <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure we could just take that and put it on a t-shirt now. Yo, we remind me. Because I sent that to people for I sent that to friend of the show Bobby Bobby of Bobby and Whitney fame because he yeah. wanted to put it on a T-shirt. I was like, I can't sell it. Here's the Photoshop file. Do with it what you will. Yeah. That <laughs> rules, dude. Okay, yeah. remind me because get fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've, we've been sitting on that. You know, yeah, this, exactly. is, this show's a great investment. <laughs> yeah. We gotta we gotta draw a bunch of other Disney characters and just wait years until they become public domain. Centuries, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Ethan. Uh, Jamie, I know, owns and has never played the first new ter- Tomb Raider, but uh, have you played any of the new ones or any Tombs, Tombs Raider? Excuse me, it's like Attorneys General. Um, at all, ever. PS1, I've only, PS2, I've, something? I've beaten the first of the new ones. Okay. Uh, I be- I beat that, played that one through on the on my roommate's PS3, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, way back in the day. Um, I had never played another one. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, I th- I think it's like exact. It's it's funny on the bonus uh, content. If you want to hear the bonus content, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com Uh You mentioned on the bonus content, like the comparison between Tomb Raider and Assassin's Creed. And when I played the first of the the new trilogy uh, way back in the day, I I looking back on it now, I'm like I had stopped playing Assassin's Creeds altogether, which I really enjoyed when I was younger uh, for reasons which we've discussed before on the show. Assassin's Creed you know is good for what it is i guess but it's not exactly what i'm looking for most of the time yeah but tomb raider like scratched that itch for me very well in that it was like you know some platforming there was you know like single player story you know that you're just kind of like action adventuring through your way through which was a lot of fun yeah i um because of the steam summer sale i got the third one for 12 dollars. i was like oh you know just because i'm gonna do an episode about this i should see how far i can get before needing to write a script in the first one it's probably like the third one was 12 dollars. the first i was like it's probably three bucks turns out i owned it had no fucking idea so so it's just like excuse me i played it for 40 minutes just to get the context for what they were looking for get the keywords back in there get a couple screenshots and i was like all right baby that's 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 first person research let's do it let's yeah. go straight to the source <laughs> um yeah so like i said I, I definitely recommend them here pete seal of approval um one quick thing about um the second and third games do the optional tombs that is where that game that's the s tier content they okay. all give you a unique reward like a per, like a skill or a passive or something like that or like pieces of legendary gear and they're just so much fun like it's it's you got to use all your tools you got to remember what everything does and unlike assassin's creed the tomb raider games are not fucking automated so it's like i hope you remember how to use everything for this puzzle because you're not going to be able to solve it otherwise and it's always always um worth it i, I very much like that so for our episode here um, the protagonist, Lara Croft, it's very much like the reboot prequel territory where they're like, well, how did Lara get her triangle boobies and her dual pistols? Yeah. Um, out of the four things I just talked about, none of them are in the new trilogy. <laughs> so no, not like, triangle maybe. boobies, nor p- double pistols. No, no guns akimbo either at no point. <laughs> it's, it's a very bow focused, like the, the bow and arrow is not only, yeah you know, stronger than every gun in the game. This thing like she makes out in of most branches. Games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just I, can't, I, can't, I can't believe the Chinese ever ha- had to invent gunpowder to like yeah, yeah. deter the <laughs> Mongol hordes. Because <laughs> the bow, they just like shoot a bunch of arrows at the Great Wall. It'll just collapse, fuck. Yeah, exactly. And just like, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it, it is really good. Her backstory, everything is very much explained in those games, so we're not going to get into those. Like, what I usually do is, like, look, these games are more, like, recent enough. If you're curious as to how Lara Croft became the Tomb Raider, fucking play them. Like, the trilogy is $20 or less USD, certainly, if the third was 12 CAD, right? So Probably, yeah. Uh, so what I want to get into today is the uh, kind of the supernatural MacGuffins that are the target of each game, as well as their real-world counterparts, because they're all inspired by, and in some cases are a fusion of real mythology or religious iconography, and you love counterparts, so. Yeah, I, it's my, one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band, so. Exactly. So uh, this one, you this might unlock some yield memories back when you had a roommate. The first mystery in the first game in the original tomb, the original new Tomb Raider, mm. uh, concerns the kingdom of Yamatai, which was an island kingdom somewhere east of Japan, out in the Pacific Ocean, uh, located in a treacherous part of the ocean in game called the Devil's Triangle. Uh, the game kind of adapts the real Yamatai, which, as far as we know, did exist, uh, and kind of combines it into this new thing that is at like at both points bermuda triangle and atlantis like japanese atlantis basically okay cool yeah and that's like the whole purpose of of that first game is getting to that island and fit, like solving the mystery there yeah um, so from the first one like i don't remember too much like i do remember being on a pacific island and like there's a group of B- bad tomb raiders people who are who are going to uh other white people who are going to plunder uh <laughs> the these ancient tombs of another culture for for bad uh intent not for, for bad, good for bad like i'm gonna put it in my i'm gonna put it in my cathedral in yeah, the, yeah. In croft manor these <laughs> exactly. guys were gonna i don't know sell it for money or something yeah. like that <laughs> exactly how ignoble uh <laughs> but that's really like all i remember is that you're like you're fighting against these other people who are trying to get this and I think it's like Uncharted, where it's like there's like there 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 is magic, right? Like the the artifacts yes, are there is. powerful. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like I, or like Indiana Jones, all all the stuff yeah. that would have inspired this, like the Ark of the Covenant, Covenant, Covenant. Uh, the yeah, Ark of the, the Covenant government. wasn't a, a metaphor. It does <laughs> melt people's guys, face, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> face. The Ark of the Covenant wasn't in us all along, right? It's, yeah. it's it is real. Um, on Yamatai, it's like it does go. So those guys are not actually. Uh, they are bad white people, classic. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not alternate Tomb Raiders. They are actually a cult formed around one of the characters we're going to talk about on the okay. island of Yamatai. And their plane was taken down in the 80s, I believe, by the uh, Dragon's Triangle. So they're actually stranded okay. there and realized, like, wow, this bitch has ghost samurais. We should probably worship her or else she'll skin us alive. Which is fair. I would worship a big lady with ghost samurai. Me too. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a safe bet, especially when I crash my plane and all of our ghost samurais that we had loaded onto our 80s <laughs> plane are have now been lost at sea, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing we're going to raid is the, is the, mm-hmm. is the, the like, the, like a sunken treasure. It's all ghost samurais. Yeah, we have Tomb Raider. Where's Ghost Samurai Factory Raider, right? Uh, yeah, I, well, that's a long title, right? <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're printing them out at the, the Ghost Samurai Factory these days. And, 
<laughs> so much like a lot of depictions both in media of both the Bermuda Triangle and Atlantis, Yamatai is shown to have various shipwrecks from various time periods uh, wrecked on its shores. You can open up the first image there that'll be available for the patrons. I grabbed a screenshot when I was replaying the intro of the first one. You'll see like a sailing ship wrecked on the rocks when uh when you get to the title screen basically yeah very very wreckers coast this is not the first uh the first this is not the first shipwreck to meet these shores no um what was i gonna say here oh and the uh the platforming tutorial is like a crashed american world war ii bomber hanging off a waterfall as well so there's like all all stuff from different eras everyone falls to the dragon's triangle dude yeah yeah um a cliche that they reuse in every single game that is still a cliche that I love, I loved it in The Witcher 3, is I love finding a shipwreck somewhere a shipwreck don't belong, dude. Oh, yeah, classic. Uh, yeah, there's the, like... Uh, yeah, up on the side of a mountain. There's a Byzantine ship in the second one frozen into a glacier. Fucking awesome. There's uh, <laughs> like a Spanish galleon in an underground cave in the third one. Fucking awesome. And <laughs> like obviously the World War II bomber crashed on like the magic Japanese island. Fucking awesome. I love yeah. that shit so much. Always gets me. They're Americans. Um, so they probably just like really like like turned it up to 11. You know what I mean? The speed did like a sick jump. And like there's probably like bald eagles flying off the ship as they crash into the side <laughs> of the Pacific Island. <laughs> yeah, it's just like in the middle of the jungle. There's like, yeah. oh, yeah, for, blood light can against his forehead. Last out, let's go. <laughs> oh, man. So after the apparent suicide of her father, Lord Richard Croft, uh, Lara swore to continue his research into ancient ruins and civilizations, all to prove that his crackpot theories were correct. Mm-hmm. And after the British tabloids had posthumously smeared him as a quack, this is one of my favorite things where, like, like British gossip rags are notoriously venomous in real life. Yeah. And if you want to open up the next one, uh, it is just, like, the headline they have. It's basically, like, this man allegedly kills himself in his home in front of his teenage daughter. And the, the tabloids in Britain are just like, dumb fucking idiot, what can't read, kills himself. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, wild claims debunked. They are, um, like, yeah, the, the gossip rags are, are notoriously bad, like you say. Uh, they killed Princess Di, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I love the idea that they're following this, like, archaeologist. <laughs> this, like, yeah, I know. This professor, like, this person who, obviously, nobody would care about in real life. <laughs> <laughs> like, he would be a Joe Rogan guest, right? Like, he does, because yeah, he's had absolutely. on Gra- Graham Hancock, who I think is a quack, but he's at least interesting. He's but, like, absolutely a quack, in, yeah, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. He's everything he says is insane, but yeah. he's fascinating at the very least. He's one of those ancient society guys. I've said this before. He doesn't take credit away from the people who were there already. Right. Which is makes him better than the alien dudes. But regardless. Yeah. Um, yeah like. Basically, the headlines are just like Joe Rogan guest commits suicide. They're like, fuck this idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> when, when Graham Hancock dies, that's not gonna happen. Right? No, no. <laughs> like, Nobody's gonna be front it. page news. <laughs> like, no one will know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lara's mother, Amelia, um, was uh, her last name is her maiden name is Demore. Amelia Demore. Is it implied that she's Amelia Earhart? Um, it's the original name of her is a reference to it because uh, okay. uh, Amelia Croft does die in a plane crash. Uh, oh, yeah, however, she is not eaten by crabs who may or may not have taken down the plane. We knowing there was sure. a delicious woman in there. Maybe Amelia Earhart crash landed on Christmas Island and started an ancient civilization. Did you ever think about that? 
That would be a great plot for Tomb Raider 4. <laughs> be a great plot for a Lord Boy's Christmas episode. Yeah, Crabs of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> Rise of the Crabs of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> so, uh, Lara's mother, Amelia, was very much the inspiration for much of Richard's work. Uh, a plane she was on, like I said, crashed in a mountain range, which wasn't specified. Uh, in my head, I would say it was probably in South America because the there there was a very famous plane crash in the Andes, I believe, where a soccer team went down and, and two of the guys managed to drag themselves to civilization to get the survivors rescued. Didn't they eat each other? What yeah, survivors? They, I thought they all ate each other. <laughs> uh, they didn't eat everybody. I haven't seen the movie. The, so. the, living, the living ate the dead. They didn't, I don't believe they killed each other. It wasn't as bad as like the whaling ship Essex or uh, the, uh, that wagon caravan that also did it, whatever the, whoever the fuck they were. Uh, the Don Donners, yeah, the yes, Donner Party, the, the yeah. Donner Party. They, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, they didn't kill each other. They didn't draw straws and kill each other. I believe they ate the dead because the corpses stayed fresh since they were crashed in the ice. Um, yeah. Amelia Croft also, after writing one letter for Lara and one letter for Richard, uh, did eventually die of exposure, and she was her body was found and recovered by Richard Croft, who had figured out where she had crashed and 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 gone to find her. Okay. After finding her, uh, Richard Croft dedicated his life to finding ancient and magical way to resurrect her. So the, oh. the first two games are very... So maybe... Maybe if Graham Hancock was on Rogan being just like, my wife is dead and I'm going to find the secrets of resurrection to bring her back to life. <laughs> maybe the gossip rags would talk about yeah. his death because it is like particularly crazy, right? <laughs> like an iron spiked crown and a skull painted on a mask on his face. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, Joe, I just really am into the necromantic arts these days. It's like there's so much secrets, secrets there. You know, these untold potentials. Really, yeah. I don't know what that sounds like. I've never heard him speak. He's just a British guy, very soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about him a lot on this one. It's funny, uh, my buddy I saw last night. It, I because I was in the process, like talking to him, like, oh, I'm going to write a Tomb Raider episode, mm-hmm. and um, I was talking about Graham Hancock. A buddy of mine's actually a big fan of his work. Like, he finds it very fascinating, mm-hmm. and he has a signed copy of like Fingerprints of the Gods from Graham Hancock, because him and his dad, like, uh, like last year, went to a seminar of his, and okay. I didn't, I didn't like shit on it because I was like, hey, this thing you like is stupid, but it is interesting that he like has a signed book and I ran into Stuart yesterday after years right before doing the ancient civilization episode right yeah. I mean yeah I'm, I'm like if you hey hey if you you're out there and you believe Graham Hancock that's this your your god-given right this is just my dumbass opinion <laughs> mine's hmm. no more valid than yours to me it's uh I can see enjoying it from a the same reason I, I feel like I might enjoy reality TV in that I know it's completely fake, but it can still be really fun to just like suspend your disbelief and, and believe in would be how, how I would look at it. I don't know. Yeah. To me, it's it, it's the classic Occam's razor like, yeah, sure. All, like this is a lot of evidence that this stuff could have happened, but you're you're jumping through a lot of hoops to explain what a much simpler explanation already explained hundreds yeah. of years ago you know <laughs> like i watched um there's a great youtube channel called uh the minute man and he's an archaeologist uh, a mm-hmm. real one yeah and he does like a five-part review of grant graham hancock's netflix show so he would okay. be reviewing uh richard cross netflix show in in this in, universe right? in the, Lord this Boy's universe, canon, yeah. of course yeah sure, sure. Uh, the video game version of the minute man um and he was just like yeah, Graham is saying that all these like ancient Turkish homes have their doors pointed at the star Sirius in the sky. And it's just like, 
yeah, I guess maybe. But like, don't you think all these homes are pointing in the exact same direction because everybody on Earth can see the sun and you need to, <laughs> <laughs> you need to let the sunlight into your home? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's that's why. Because yeah. one of my favorite things about Hancock and Croft is, is like a what if he was right sort of character is just like the. It's like, oh, this place is older than we expected, which is true. Like Gobekli Tepe is older than the pyramids and it's like the oldest megalithic structure that we know of or whatever. Sure. He's like, I think it's older and, it's, and presents zero evidence. It's yeah. like, <laughs> it's it's like, okay. Why? Why? <laughs> it's already cool that it's old. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's already, exactly. it's already cool. Archaeology is already cool. You don't have to take these extra steps to go and try and like get crazy with it. But you saw a lot of books. To yeah, you do. Beats and, friends, so. and it is fun and it does, it does no harm, right? It doesn't take credit away from the people who were there. What, one of the other things, just the other, I guess, all within the ancient the yo maybe archaeology was cooler is he always says like main mainstream archaeology is conspiring against me which yeah. in tomb raider they were conspiring against richard croft it is a video game so he was mm -hmm. correct but like in real life it's like kibono dude what do you think yeah. egyptologists are like well we couldn't possibly allow anyone to think the pyramids were slightly older what, yeah what <laughs> like, the fuck are you hiding yeah <laughs> why the fuck not yeah i mean exactly yeah. the same reason why in real life he wouldn't be front page on a, the london times you no. know? <laughs> exactly like. uh and then whatever um we've got more on eternal life in the next segment coming up but uh, there's a little family photo there of the crofts so a little ba little baby lara her kind of un like you said earlier off air the uncanny valley dime very, of yeah. a mother and then richard croft her dad yeah very uh all of them very uncanny valley in this photo, which I assume is like an in-game photograph that you can like pick up and interact with. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is a collectible. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, another great part about the game is the uh, voice actress for Lara. The in-game dialogue sometimes is bad, but when you find an artifact, there's always like a little paragraph of her like geeking out about this cool thing she found. Yeah. Those are the best part of the fucking game. Like oh, it yeah. makes it's collectibles fun. good because she's like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Inlaid jade and obsidian oh, yeah. all put together like some Aztec shit she found in the third game. It's like picking them up and listening to the little blurb about the thing she picked up is also yeah. great. like a shell great. casing, whatever. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. So Lara's first expedition uh, based on her father's work, was to be was to be to Yamatai, which is what we opened with, the Japanese island in Japanese Bermuda Triangle, uh, with some funding from Dr. James Whitman, a disgraced archaeologist and anthropologist. So now we're two Hancocks deep at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she pays for passage on a ship named the Endurance, um, a ship captained by her father's friend, Conrad Roth. Uh, I believe also that he taught Lara many of her survival and combat skills, like he's this her, Roth fella. Yeah, this Roth guy. Because uh, I remember our, the first time I played through, because uh, I played it through on PS3 as well. I was dating a girl at the time, and we just combined our PS3 libraries. Okay. Um, I played her version, or her copy of Tomb Raider, and I do remember like a phone call or a walkie-talkie call with, uh, with Roth, and it's like, oh, you'll be fine, don't worry. I've taught you enough. You're a Croft. So it's like, I guess he's... You need to explain why video game character can use a gun now, right? Like, whatever. One thing I do find uh, interesting for realism and annoying for gameplay is uh, the stealth takedowns. Yeah. Are because uh, Lara is like a hundred pounds and visibly five foot four, uh, killing a guy in body armor, like uh, one of these PMC goons who's like tomb raiding instead yeah. of her. 
it like a, a stealth takedown takes like four or five seconds sometimes because it's like <laughs> yeah obviously it would take a woman this size that long to kill a man but like this is a video game she has an ice pick just hit him in the back of the head like, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on through a stupid ass helmet it's a video game <laughs> exactly like this is the realism you choose it's like well this a little girl like this could never choke a man to death in a second it's got to be like ooh, ooh, like choking him with the bow or whatever yeah, like, choking yeah. with the bowstring i'm like just speed it up here fellas yeah you can unlock a passive that allows you to use a combat knife to slit men's throats which Frankly, I think they just should have done with like an arrowhead or yeah, something. Fuck, but... be free, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, also on the endurance were uh, Angus Grimaldi, the helmsman, uh, Jonah Mayava, the cook. He's a big Polynesian guy. Uh, he's the only supporting character who is in all three games, and okay, he is cool. great. I like that character a lot. Uh, Jocelyn Reyes, who is a mechanic, Alex Weiss, a technician and electrician, and then Samantha Nishimura, who is a documentarian. And the alleged surviving descendant of Sun Queen he, uh, Himiko, who was Himiko. the real life and in game ruler of Yamatai. We've talked about, I feel like we've talked about Himiko at some point, but maybe I'm thinking of. She's, maybe not. It, her name is used because there is, a, we will get into the real mythology that has happened since the disappearance of Yamatai. It's very cool. Um, she's just like a, a, probably a real person like and this is me because i'm very agnostic very much like jesus like very probably real but has since kind of passed into legend and myth because like the last documented contact with um himiko was in like the third century which we'll get into so and yeah there's a bunch of shit there you're gonna hear first uh christians pete says jesus just a myth I said probably real. Uh, you said just a myth. You said he's just a myth these days and not real. And he said, and Pete also said that Jesus does not love you. Hmm? Hmm? You can't put these words in my mouth just because you're editing the audio. <laughs> Fucker. Uh, so the ship was named after the real Endurance, which was part of Ernest Shackleton's 1915 expedition to Antarctica. Um, okay. White people always be having names like Ernest Shackleton, but yeah, no... I, I, I was going to say earlier, like all the like, that's a lot of good names that you you listed out there. Uh, yeah. And like, obviously, it's plenty of them very British, but uh, I, I thought just a very good list. of You, you, it's you a real, it out for us. It's a real uh, the crew of the endurance in game uh, is a very uh, like college campus pamphlet spread of people like, uh, yeah. you, you know, it's a very Noah's Ark crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and, but, like, also the other thing is, like, people, like, the age of exploration is where all the good names went. But all these men died in pack ice, being idiots, trying to find the Northwest Passage, which is why no <laughs> one gets named Ernest Shackleton anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so the real endurance uh, became locked in pack ice and then was crushed by the ice and sank, leaving her crew living on a massive ice flow for two months. So they had to abandon ship and just get onto a big chunk of ice. And then she was crushed and sank, and they just lived there with their lifeboats and their tents and all that shit and on the a supplies big chunk that of they ice. Saved. Yeah, exactly. One of the weird details about the endurance is that they were just like they were so worried that the cat would starve or freeze to death that they shot the ship's cat so she didn't have to suffer. Okay, well. I mean they're not gonna give the cat food in a survival situation, right? It's like you're on an ice floe. No, 
No, exactly. It's like, you don't get a dried ration of a guy who died last night, cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Um, right, so they lived on a massive ice floe for two months before making the insane five-day journey to Elephant Island. So you can look up where Elephant Island is if you want, listeners and or Ethan. But if I'm you want, uh, in 1915, they had um, cameras. So if you want to open up the black and white and I think the black and blue photos is an actual photo of them launching their last life raft off of the pack ice to go to Elephant Island. So these could be uh, their one last the one. Seven guys or whatever. Who's taking the photo then? He's just getting left behind? He's taking the pictures? They you can run out in shin deep water. <laughs> yeah, it's freezing cold. They're in the Arctic Circle, man. I mean, they're all waiting through the water. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah, they're all waiting through the water. But I yeah, thought you said um, it was the North- Wait, where's the Northwest Passage? Northwest Passage is in Canada. These guys is the... Ant- uh, Shackleton was, the, uh, was an Antarctic explorer. Oh, I thought you said they got crushed in pack ice in the Northwest Passage. No, sorry, I was talking about separate, like uh, Captain Crozier and shit like that, like the Terror and the Erebus and all the guys and gotcha. uh, some other one. That Listen to our Transformers episode. Yeah, ex- <laughs> precisely. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, so they made a five-day journey on this life raft, which they named the James Caird, um, and actually made it to Elephant Island, which is a small island, I believe, near like the tip of Argentina. Um, or something yeah. like that. Well, yeah. near, near's generous. Uh, okay, it near in relation to like closer than like they're closer to home on Elephant Island than they were uh, being crushed to death in pack ice near Antarctica, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're making it back north, which from here is getting warmer. Back to South America. That's fair. Distance, so not- the distance from oh, okay, no wait, that's not. What? I was going to look at the distance from Elephant Island to Argentina. It gave me a way too big number because it's taking me to the uh, taking me to the center of Argentina, not to the just like the tip of Patagonia. Yeah, 245 kilometers. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, it's far. Yeah. Far. Uh, it's very <laughs> far to be in a, uh, you know, a life raft in 1915. Yeah, in Antarctic <laughs> waters, which I think are notoriously pretty choppy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like, I know you're a big fan of it, but, like, the, that, obviously, like, the age of exploration and, like, the the race for the South Pole, uh, like, Edmonds, like, the Edmondson journey and things like that were just so, like, what a time to be alive, man, and just be, like, you know, you're, you're working, you're, you're seven years old, you're working in a factory, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> <laughs> listen to the radio, not on a break, because you don't get breaks, and just, like, cheering on your guy as they're announcing, like, how much progress they've made across this, like, desolate, thousands of kilometers wide continent at the far end of the world, which you will never see and never probably never see a map of and have no real understanding of, but and can't uh, read. So if they showed you a map, it could be a fucking anything, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's uh, just a very cool time to be alive when there's still so much like, are they just going to find, you know, dino land there where there's actually a bunch of rainforest in the center. And we just don't know, you know, like nobody's ever been there. Nobody's ever seen it. There's no satellites. There's no nothing. Yeah. Have no idea what it's going to look like. Yeah, so cool. I mean, it is just uh, it is just a million mile, a million square miles of uninhabitable wasteland. Mm-hmm. But it could have been cool. Could've they been did cool. end up finding fossils on Antarctica. There are Antarctic dinosaurs, but of course, okay, at that time, great. it was like a God, sure, it was sure. like a tropical archipelago. <laughs> <laughs> well, these dinosaurs use tools. This one's got a TI eighty three calculator. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dinosaur, like the dinosaur fossil from uh, Jurassic Park, which is like a stupid calculator. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's like just made of wood. It's just like in its hand, or like there's a calculator locked in amber, and that's why they got like the yeah. equation. <laughs> so <laughs> they got aliens. Huge. Yeah. 
Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so after their five-day journey to Elephant Island, uh, they took a second, more insane, 17-day journey to South Georgia Island uh, in an open lifeboat, and then they were eventually rescued because it was close enough to, like, um, like, uh, like whaling areas, basically. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Shackleton died in South Georgia. So I don't know. If, I I assume I don't know. If, I don't think it was part of that trip. I don't know. But no, he went back and died later. He yeah. did. He did not make it to the South Pole, as far as I know. No, uh, it wasn't. It was whoever raced Edmondson. It was like Nor- a Norwegian made the it. Norwegians made it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so uh, this I, uh, this whole aside here, just because one, I love the Age of Exploration. I think it's very cool. Uh, and also, it is very funny that the uh, they were just it like, w- sorry, it was Amundsen. It wasn't Scott. Scott was the Brit. Right. Okay. But it was Amundsen who made it there first. Um, yeah, so anyway, I love the Age of Exploration, but it's the fact that they were just like, yeah, I'm going to charter a ship named after a ship that was famously a failure and Crush crushed ice. in the ice. <laughs> right? It's just like, yeah, cool. Give me, give me that one. He's like, you don't want... Uh, the 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 she'll never sink or anything like that. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> give me endurance too. Let's give it another shot. <laughs> if I um, if I ever had a ship, if I ever had a steamship, uh, the only kind of ship that I want because I want to name it the Fata Morgana, which is uh like uh, mirages on the ocean. So it's like desert mirages oh. that you see on the ocean. They're called Fata Morganas. Cool. Um, and I want a steamship specifically because steamships have the SS. That's that's what the SS means on on boats. Steamship. So the honorable really? steamship, whatever. That's uh, it? I, That's what and, it means? Uh, yeah, and I would put the SS, I would make the big letters, and I would put it between Fata Morgana, so it would say Fat-Ass Morgana. That would be <laughs> the only boat that I want. Great <laughs> <laughs> Fat-Ass yeah. Morgana. Uh, yeah, SS is steamship. Uh, like, SV is sailing vessel, I think. Huh. Uh, HMS is Her Majesty's Service, I think. I, or Her Majesty's yeah, I knew ship. that, yeah. Like yeah, that, so. HMS Titanic. Oh no, it was the RMS Titanic uh, was, and the Olympic were like yeah. r- royal something. Um, so yeah, much like her namesake, Lara's endurance uh, wrecked off the coast of Yamatai, breaking her back and splitting into like the Titanic. Um, the storm is one of the island's magical defense mechanisms, along with the host of immortal samurai right, called the yeah, Storm yeah. Guard. Right, right, right. I remember the storm now. I didn't. Yeah, it's like uh, right after the first cutscene where they introduce all the characters is the shipwreck. Okay. So real world records of Yamatai, which we can consider game canon, or at least lore boys do, because it all happens before the games and is cool enough. Um, this, uh, these old, this old documentation comes from the Three Kingdoms era in Chinese texts, and they speak of a okay. country ruled by a priest queen named Himiko. Uh, records show okay. that she had... Excuse me? I said okay. Okay. Um, records show that she had at least a brief relationship with the mainland, sending envoys and trading with the Chinese state of Cao Wei uh, in the early to mid third century. So we okay. have old documentation. This place was real. Um, but we don't know where it is. We do not. Oh, yeah. Um, Generations of Japanese historians, linguists, and archaeologists have debated where Yamato was located and whether it was related to the later Yamato. There you go. Yeah. How fun. So after- after her death in tw- in 248 AD-ish, uh, she was replaced by her younger brother, whose name I could not find. Uh, and shortly after he took over, Yamatai disappeared from the historical record, drifting off into myths and legends. 
being mentioned a couple of times in like the deep past by like 8th century Japanese texts and 12th century Korean texts. So the envoys that yeah, Himiko had been sending out from Yamatai were sent to uh, like 3rd century Korea, whatever that was called at the time. But I think sure, it's yeah. pretty consistent for quite some time. Okay. A lot of that area is. Um, and yeah, like you said, uh, historians still debate whether or not it's real or where it could have been located. So I was figuring that maybe after we take over Lore City, Ohio, with our Patreon money, we could set out on our, our own expedition in our own doomed vessel. And, Absolutely. And bring or, our cats to find well, uh, Yamatai. We'll, we'll at least send some patrons out to die on a ship, right? Oh, well, that's probably better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll in Lake Michigan. <laughs> Crushed by the ice flows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to find more about this mysterious island and a couple more mysteries after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a good ad on your forklift. I hope your your ears are okay after Pete <laughs> yelled, welcome back. You coming back from the break there. Did I yell it? Yeah, you yelled. You leaned into the mic a little. Some headphone users are going to be RIP. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We've only been doing this for eight years. We're still learning the ropes. Okay. The class, it, the, it, when the class action lawsuits comes in, I'll give you your $3 that I owe you for fucking your ears up. <laughs> so uh, Queen Himiko's alleged immortality was what brought Lara and the Endurance to Yamatai. However, in the end, she chose not to claim it. Uh, as Himiko's uh, ritual involved transferring her soul into a new body and destroying the host soul in the process... Like the real, uh, alleged real uh, Himiko, she had thousands of handmaidens and, like, other women in her employ, like, within her kingdom. And she would would train one up, pick one, train her to be, like, the most scholarly, the most well-read, the most professional, the most beautiful, all this shit. Then go through the ritual of destroying her body and soul and taking it over, basically. Did she make make them well-read because she retains, like, she gets their brain? like in the end or like you would think her mind the one one thing i'll say i'll i'll pitch a lore boys canon here is that maybe there's like there is some like level of guilt there where she's like wants this person to have like a a quote-unquote good life while they're around and gives them like the all-star treatment and like teaches them about the world and all that before burning their soul out of their body (laughs) before before sending their uh their soul on a uruguayan flight that crashes (laughs) in the mountains and cannibalizes it (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah we can lore boys canon that uh uh himiko in the game is presented as 
uh, profoundly malicious. Yeah, but that's, sure, that's yeah, right. why not? It's, I mean, probably yeah. just, it's probably just to keep the charade on more than anything of just like, oh, you know, oh, it's like yeah, the movie maybe. The Island, right? Yeah, Where it's sure, just like, sure. oh, I'm going, I'm going to release. I'm winning the lottery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it, it straight up is just like a rich person organ harvesting operation, like, okay. but with magic. So it, it is the same as the story of Jesus. Uh, whose organs <laughs> did he harvest? I don't remember. Well, he, he har- harvested the apostles, right? That's what he was training them up to do. Oh, so you could take like, yeah, like St. Yeah. Paul's, yeah. <laughs> St. Paul's organs. But Judas <laughs> exactly. sold his kidneys to some to the Romans for like thirty pieces of silver. Yeah, which exactly. Is why he had betrayed him because that was rightly Jesus' was, kid- kidney silver. Jesus' kidney. Those were my corneas. You had no right to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that part of the New Testament <laughs> quote. <laughs> Those are my corneas. <laughs> oh my god! And Jesus said, "Thou, thou shalt not sell selleth mine corneas, despite the fact they lie within thy head." <laughs> Pete's taken down uh, notes for what I can only assume is artwork of it is uh, yes Judas, Judas carving out his own corneas <laughs> no, to sell like... the black market. <laughs> there is that one, but I forgot to write down earlier. Uh, <laughs> rating a calculator in amber, which I thought okay. would be a fun <laughs> one to put Lara into. <laughs> um, Himiko in game tries to use her living descendant Samantha Nishimura from the Endurance, but is stopped by Lara Croft. It's the last boss fight. You okay. save her from being possessed by uh, Queen Himiko, who is, okay. is finally killed because she doesn't have a new vessel to go. Nishimura was the documentarian, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, her, and Jonah are the only two characters I believe who survived to the end of that game, and she the is first game. Okay. not in any of these subsequent games, and is never even spoken about in Tomb Raider and. Tomb Raiders 2 and 3, no one ever mentions the Endurance, but at some okay. point, Lara does say, like, I've lost too many people. It's like, then stop bringing your friends <laughs> into crumbling ruins, dude. Yeah, <laughs> crumbling ruins with haunted ghost queens with samurai armies. Like, just stay home. Stay exactly. home, Lara. Just, like, just, you, sit, just sit this you, one out. You did it in the first one, right? You you found, you, you uh, restored your father's name and proved that he didn't have quack theories. So like call hang it up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> why not why not let evil win every now and then? You know what I mean? Come on, good they, guys. Are they even evil? Like in the end, she never claims she just destroys all these things. Right? In the yeah. end to keep them no. out of the hands of Not her, that's what I'm saying. Let, just let the evil guys win. Like you don't have to be the good guy and destroy this stuff anymore. It'll be fine. There's plenty of evil people that are in charge of the world right now. It's going yeah. okay. You know what I mean? None of them, I, I was going to say, none of them are using ghost powers to consume people's souls or steal their corneas, but I are. frankly don't know. They actively are. <laughs> yeah, they release, the, are. release the Epstein logs or whatever they're called. Yeah, right? <laughs> where'd all the corneas go from Epstein yeah. Island, dude? <laughs> yeah, they use them as little like, thimble shot glasses for the adrenochrome. <laughs> Children's corneas. I was just thinking like the, the tray on Stephen Hawking's chair. It's just, <laughs> just a bunch of like stolen organs. <laughs> So, uh, thankfully, though, uh, Antiquity and the documents are full of sources of immortality, uh, the next of which is simply called the Divine Source, uh, which led Lara and Jonah to Syria, through the Caucasus Mountains, into Russia, and then into Siberia. They were following the trail of a Byzantine prophet uh, who spent centuries fleeing the Rus as well as the Mongols. Um, Spoilers, I guess, for this game. Uh, The prophet is revealed to be a man named Jacob, who now lives in the city of Kitse, a hidden city within a geothermal valley in Siberia, which is the non-spoiler image, the kind of handsome Turkish guy there. Yep. That's him. 
That's okay. That's and he and he lives in a Siberian dinosaur jungle. That's what you're saying. Yes. This hidden geothermal valley that is presumably much warmer than the the rest of Siberia. And that's it. I think it was an excuse. I mean, there we'll get into the volcanic activity in Russia like right now, but um, it's not that far fetched. Uh, and it's a very good way for the developers to change up the environment because like the f- first bit of the game is in Syria. So you got desert ruins. Then you have like kind of Soviet mixed with old snowy ruins in the middle of the game. And then the yeah. latter bit or the, 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 like the denouement is all within the geothermal Valley to kind of sex things yeah. up a bit. So, so they, they got 70% through the game and said like, how the fuck, wait, we need a jungle biome. How do we, how do we get them to a jungle biome? Before now? she like, goes to cake just, levels, we need yeah. the jungle levels. <laughs> uh, just like, like, you know, eleven thirty PM on a Friday in the writer's room, just like one guy with like a cigarette, just like super lit, just like put a jungle in fucking Siberia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the gamers gonna do? Rise up? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, it's his bong. Yeah. <laughs> How are we gonna explain it? Uh, oh, those volcanoes. <laughs> Geo- so- you guys ever heard of geothermals? <laughs> That's <laughs> great. That was, gra- exactly. that was Graham Hancock on Joe Rogan. Oh, straight up. Yeah, he's just like, I believe there was volcanic valleys in <laughs> Siberia. That's crazy, man. Um, so there is or was, at least, a decent amount of volcanic activity in Siberia in real life. Uh, one sure. area called the Siberian Traps is speculated to be what caused the Great Dying, which I believe is the worst mass extinction that we know of in Earth's history. When massive parts of Russia just fucking exploded and led to the extinction of 90% of all marine life and 70% of all terrestrial life. I believe this is like trilobites had been the dominant species on the ocean floor for like half a billion years. And this is what got them at this point. I think, I think. One of the major questions that's very interesting is the Permian-Triassic mass extinction event. So this kind of led to the rise of the dinosaurs because it cleared out the ecological niches that had been dominated by kind of proto-mammals and the weird, I think they're called synapsids, so like half-mammal, half-reptile ancestors, very odd-looking animals. Cool. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad my uh, stupid dinosaur (laughs) interjections were kind of on topic. Yeah, not not entirely (laughs) off-base. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, okay. This is, yeah, turn the oceans to acid and removed all the oxygen from the air. That would do yeah, it, huh? Yeah, that it turns out it. 10% of marine life managed to survive in the acid oceans, which is crazy, which is, yeah. and that's where we kind of come from, right? They're, like, they're pretty fuckers, <laughs> those, yeah. uh, those marine life forms. Crabs. Crabs. Crabs and sharks, them. right? Yeah. Sharks, sharks are older than trees, dude. This is crazy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so born in 843 AD in Constantinople in the Byzantine Empire, um, Jacob's life began, uh, J- J- Jacob's life on the lamb, excuse me, began when the Rus invaded Constantinople in 860 AD. Uh, this is a real thing that happened in, on, it started at least on June 18th. invaded? Oh my goodness. The siege of Constantinople <laughs> by the Rus, Yeah. <laughs> It started on June 18th, 860, uh, when the Rus began their siege of Constantinople, pillaging and murdering people in the suburbs as they went. Um, and like honestly, the 9th century was prime pillaging time, because at the same time as the Rus were laying siege to Constantinople, the Vikings were starting to invade the UK. Yeah, and England. Yeah. Jolly old England. Or like Umbria and like the yeah. pre-unified... Whatever, whatever they were called. Provinces, the whatever the fuck yeah. they were called, yeah. 
the uh, disunited kingdom. Yes, <laughs> the the Vikings time. The pre-United Kingdom. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the, the joke I was making is that Constantinople has been sacked, whatever, a hundred times in, in history, right? Yeah. yeah, they should be const- constantly sacked in Nople, right? Yeah, got him. Nice. <laughs> got him. Take that, yeah. Constantinople. Yeah, Istanbul is a way worse name for that city now than that is even. No. <laughs> constantly sacked in Nople. <laughs> so the Rus in real life were, I think, nomadic raiders from the mountains between Asia, the Middle East, and Europe, like that area there, I believe. Uh, and they eventually, I think, disseminated into areas like the Ukraine and Eastern Europe and whatnot. And- okay. Russia, right? They are the sure. Rus. Well, they're the Kievan Rus as well. So we've got Kievan, Ukraine, and then Rus and is the Russian people, right? Makes sense. So by the 10th century, the prophet of Constantinople began to draw the attention of Trinity, uh, who are the bad evil guys who want to tomb raid for money instead of okay. for destroying the thing you find, which is they the like righteous assass- thing to do. They are like an Assassin's Creed ancient civilization that, or like ancient society that... Yeah, it is an ancient secret society that would eventually just become intertwined with the Catholic Church. They are not, there are no ancient aliens or ancient civilizations per se, the same way there are in Assassin's Creed. So they're not like, they don't predate humanity. So they're not actual Graham Hancock characters. They're like, very much like still regular time. But the Trinity is like it is it like they started the Crusades and whatnot in an effort to track down the prophet of Constantinople to, to stop him from doing miracles because oh, yeah. uh, the Catholic Church hasn't had a good miracle in decades. And this guy's making us look bad. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Which was their excuse for trying to hunt him down. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they eventually pushed him out of Constantinople, out of Turkey and into the mountains, into Syria. And then eventually Trinity would hire uh, like uh, one of the few remaining Mongol hordes to chase Jacob and his people deeper into Siberia, which is when they would eventually find their geothermal dinosaur valley and set up Kitsa. And then they would be able to defend it from there. Um, Kitsa sadly has been laid siege to like not maybe as many times as Constantinople, but he definitely brought some of that bad juju with him because he still had to fight off the Soviet Union in the like the fifties and sixties okay. when they when Stalin and Lenin yeah. finally discovered their the magical jungle valley that they have yeah. in the middle of their country with, with the secrets to immortality. I, I can understand why a dictator would be uh, gung ho about that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah he wouldn't have had that stroke and peed his pants if he had the divine source right <laughs> <laughs> so uh jacob appears to be a combination of both christ and a folkloric character called koshai the immortal uh koshai however is an antagonistic character from russian folklore who is usually trying to steal the love interest of the protagonist of the fable so he's just like this kind of undying it's a uh, k-o-s-h C H E I, if you want to look uh, it up. If you're playing it, here. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were going to. No, no, I was just, I like to. Pull it, what would you the, find, Ethan? <laughs> the pictures, and uh, I, I often will, when we talk about stuff, especially like real, uh, real history stuff, I'll pull up the wiki pages and then often I'll read them after we're done recording because I just find it very interesting, like the folktales and things like that. So Yeah, I love that old medieval art too. Like and we if, talked about this already on a previous episode, but that flat perspective is yeah. so cool. And I mean, if I don't pull it up now, I will never remember we ever talked about this. So. Mm-hmm. You got to look up Hermes Trismegistus, dude. Come on. It's going to be important <laughs> for a trivia night one time in three and a half years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Uh, so Jacob's power came from an object called the Divine Source, something Trinity very much wanted for themselves. And, and the Catholic willing. Church turns out they wanted, right? Yeah. yeah via, via Trinity. Can you imagine never needing to swear in a new pope? You just kind of refresh the pope every once in a while? As a what? Divine Source? <laughs> I think we need that. So where it came from originally is unknown. However, it was initially found on the island of Rügen in Germany in the Baltic Sea. Real island, real place, all real. Uh, Jacob and his followers believe it actually is a fragment of Yahweh, uh, the cool and violent Old Testament version of the Christian God. So that is the belief yep. within Kitza that that is a, a shard of him. Because a lot of, we talked about it on the Divine Comedy episodes a lot. Like, God... Old Testament God is like an incomprehensible being. So the fact that the shard of him in the second Tomb Raider game is like this blue crystal that bestows immortality and healing powers onto a single prophet kind of makes sense because like, you know, biblically accurate angel, biblically accurate God could very well be some sort of crystalline figure, like something so yeah. divine it's made entirely of gemstones or whatever, right? Yeah, so, in incomprehensible. Yeah, I know. neglected to get a picture of this thing, but it is a... Like, kind of this big around, like the size of a basketball sure. blue crystal that, like, shoots kind of a divine light into whoever's holding it. Cool. And, um, yeah, anyway. Nice. Uh, Jacob and his followers believe that, excuse me, where it is? This is um, roll that back. We were talking um, about Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, its power has kept Jacob alive, uh, as well as his army of Byzantine soldiers. So you still get the ghost army in this one. Nice. Thank you very good. much. Uh, it's kept uh, him and his army alive for 1,100 years at the time of the game, roughly. Cool. And so, like, do you know in the game, like, if they get killed in combat, are, do they, are they destroyed? Or is, are you able, is he able to, is Joshua able to, like, resurrect them after that fact? It doesn't happen in-game, but they don't leave a corpse behind. They dissolve into, like, a kind of, like, a cloud of light. Okay. Or like not a cloud of light that doesn't make any sense, but like you kill them and they like dissolve in in like a flash or whatever. They yeah. don't leave a corpse. I guess. Uh, yeah. I'm mainly just wondering like if they've been defending themselves for so long. Is it like are you facing like the whittled down like last remnants, or is it like they've fended off the hordes and after a time, you know, the Jesus figure is able to bring back the apostles? Yeah. No. Jacob is just tired of it at this point. Okay. Um. But no. Like uh, he is confirmed to have in quotes, been killed multiple times okay. and has yeah, been resurrected. Go. Like, it's very much like, yeah, the, the, the millennia of his death and resurrection is why he is now known as the immortal prophet. And why he'd be tired of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many times, how many times do you think you could handle dying? Right? Me uh, personally, zero? once. I think zero. I don't think I can handle it once. I'd rather not. Just be dead. You kind of handle it. That's a purpose, right? No, but I'd rather not. You know what I mean? No, we need <laughs> we need is some fucking Epstein corneas to keep us going for forever, exactly. dude. <laughs> yeah, I can only assume that it's the um, the foreskin tips, the Catholic uh, circumcisions, which they turn into you know Jesus, like the fish into bread or whatever he does, turns foreskins into corneas, which then grant immortal life. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so we got to start with the foreskins, Pete. No, uh, no contact lenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looking a little cockeyed. It's <laughs> a secret to immortality, you know. <laughs> so after Lara destroys the uh, divine source just by smashing it on the fucking ground, which is so funny how it's the, they've had it for thousands of years. 
and it may indeed be a fragment of the body of God himself. And like during the last <laughs> boss fight, there's just a cutscene where he's just like, no, just destroy it. And she's just like holding this crystal. She's like, okay. And just smashes <laughs> on the fucking Shit. ground, oh, yeah. like, like a piggy bank. And yeah, that, yeah. Just, that just like, nobody that did that. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, in, in eleven thousand years of of constant conflict, nobody like accidentally like hit it off the pedestal that it was like resting on. Yeah, yeah. or like whoever was carrying it never tripped. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, like if you could just throw it to the ground, and it just obliterates the fucking thing. It's just, yeah. all right. Well, we finally did it. Um, he does state, however, like he does have a limit to how many times he wants, how many cornea foreskins he needs to implant, because he does say he's lived a long enough life, and then he turns to dust and blows away after thanking Lara for like releasing him from what what at this point has been like just a prison of the living, yeah. where he's just constantly going right. So weirdly enough, though, Jacob's daughter Sophia does not dissolve meaning that he had a relationship with a woman at some point in the past few decades who he was easily 30 times older than. Yeah. <laughs> just, just uh, I'm about 100 generations older than you. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. We're, we're technically related because that's just how it works. Like when you go far enough back, you know, like we're always, yeah. you're always going to be related to me somehow via niece or nephew. Yeah, it's like, so she's like actually, like she's like real time 20. And uh, one thing 20, I was thinking is, Jesus uh, yeah, she's like, like twenty something, like thirties, like you know, like late mid to late thirties. But yeah, no, she's like our age, like the whatever the character models. We're not are twenty, Peter. How old, Peter? I hate to tell you this, we're not twenty. We're thirty-two. I know. <laughs> um, but one thing I was thinking, could you handle dying? <laughs> that's oh fuck! Just, that's the kind of conversations that twenty-year-olds don't have. Let me tell no. you. <laughs> <laughs> how bad was your hangover on New Year's Day after having four beers? Apocalyptic. Oh. Um, <laughs> One of the things I was thinking, though, is just, like, maybe Age of Consent should reset after, like, three or four centuries, where once you turn 300, you can only start a relationship with someone who's 318. Like, you just, like, tabula rasa at some point. Yeah, yeah. Just so you don't get into this fucking situation. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, like, the whole reason why why big age gaps, and, like, Age of Consent is what it is. I think it's extremely weird when a a 30-year-old dates an 18-year-old. You know what I mean? Like. That that age gap is just way too much for me. Your life experiences are so different. And thinking on like this guy who's like happy to be killed after living for a thousand years is like obviously think how much difficulty someone who's sixty seven has adjusting to modern culture. <laughs> I mean, like like they, they cannot understand Gen Z at all. The technology that they use, the words that they use, the re- like the progress that they make, it's just like completely foreign to them. And all they can do is get angry about it and scream yeah. at Fox News. Yeah, like, the immortal prophet's never going to use Riz correctly in a sentence, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to fuck it up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Dude, yeah. could you imagine the boomer posting from a guy who's a thousand years old? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, it's not even minion memes. It's all, like, cuneiform memes, but with the same, like, <laughs> the same, like minions. text. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Don't worry, I'm writing it down for you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it's all still saying the same bullshit. Like, it's like, yeah, come on, liberal, come and take it. But it's just like a pointed rock. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anyway, that's the end of uh, the second one. There. Uh, it is a very good game, despite making fun of uh, the immortal prophet. There, it. I definitely worth playing. So finally, we come to the third game in the trilogy, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, where Lara accidentally begins the Maya Apocalypse. And I wrote it Maya the whole time, which is how it was referred to in the documentation that I read about some of the real shit. 
I don't think it's Mayan. I think Mayan is like the language and Maya is the culture in the same way that Afghan is like people and Afghani is the currency. I think is the order those things go in. I don't recall. Anyway. I don't really understand what you were saying there. But it's Maya. It's like the, it's it's the, the Maya civilization. Instead of the Mayan with an N, right? Like Canadian. But you could call it, would you call it the Canada apocalypse or would you call it the Canadian apocalypse? You I would call I mean? it the Canadian apocalypse. Were I an anthropologist looking back after Justin Trudeau starts the Mayan apocalypse or whatever by re- <laughs> removing the secret dagger from Parliament <laughs> Hill? <laughs> so, uh, well, like nothing super specific was taken for this one. The apocalypse in the third game here that uh, came in 2018 obviously very inspired by the end of the Maya calendar in the year 2012, right? Um, right. Pseudoscientists and other ancient alien lovers believe that due to the Mayan law, the Maya long calendar ending in 2012, that we should just expect the world to end this. Like we were roasting Graham Hancock before the break. Um, the Maya didn't prepare themselves for like the Spanish. So they obviously were not telling people with electricity a thousand years hence in 2012 that the sun was going to explode right yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. you'd think they would have covered smallpox before they were like well we've got time for the sun we could probably figure out a solution to that right yeah exactly <laughs> so after discover after discovering the key of shack shell uh a dagger-like key in the city of cozumel mexico uh and it it like begins this earthquake. It, the first event of the the first of the cataclysms for the Maya apocalypse is like a massive earthquake when she removes the dagger. The entire city of Cozumel just is obliterated by an earthquake and just like an earthquake and sinks earthquake. into the Gulf. Earthquake. Yeah. And sinks into the Gulf of Mexico. So yeah, like Cozumel's, she, Cozumel's she, all caked up by an earthquake. <laughs> she is responsible for the deaths of thousands of people just by picking up this little knife here. Yeah, maybe more, right? I don't know if Cozumel is real. I didn't Google it. Yeah, Cozumel's real. What's the population? Uh, so I'm looking up. Oh, it's like a, an island. T. Cozumel, Mexico. Population 77,000 in 2010. That's, that's, that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Game came out in 2018. So add a couple more. Maybe 82. Yeah. Well, no, because it, it was in 2012 set though, right? Because uh, the, no, the, the games are set when they come out. Oh, so it's the Mayan apocalypse. Like they were just wrong by six years. Yeah, that's the mistake they made. <laughs> well, because it's 20, 2012, right? Is like the no, famous I know, yeah. Mayan accident, accident, the famous Mayan oopsie poopsie where they killed yeah. the world. It's when the Mayans were just like, no, the the clocks on your computers won't be able to handle all those digits. And where was I? Later on, uh, Lara and Jonah discover that the key opens a silver box of Ixchel, a second relic that is needed to halt the progress of the end of the world. So the, these two items, if brought together, will stop the sun from... Okay. Uh, they well, call well, it the death of the sun. Will it bring Cosmel back? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, actually, there is... Uh, out of the, all the chaos of destruction is never mentioned in the epilogue of the game. <laughs> no one is, it's just you see that the box and the dagger are like yeah. on her mantelpiece at croft manor okay, and yeah. like Eighty thousand people died for that and you've, yeah. you've got it in a glass case <laughs> yeah it's it's the classic uh we say we did it patrick we saved the city uh, well like well yeah. bikini <laughs> bikini bottom burns in the background right well, yeah it's like well thank god trinity didn't get the hands on this right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we stopped them <laughs> yeah. but again they would have done something for profit with this 
Yeah, which is uh, immoral. Instead of resting, resting on the laurels of their old money. Yeah, <laughs> all, all my expeditions. Taking my Maya silver boxes back to my back to Croft Manor that I've inherited. <laughs> that was probably built on blood money. Let's yeah, be real. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, uh, all all British all British wealth, right? Is or most ninety nine percent of British wealth was generally generated through colonialism. So like yeah, yeah if you exactly. if you're if you're an old rich Brit, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who built it? Where'd you get the money for the who built Croft Manor, Lara? Yeah. R- Richard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're marrying into like the de Molays, like some f- like famous yeah. French crusader family too yeah. for her mom. <laughs> Cause I think Jacques, because I, I played the intro to Assassin's Creed Unity, I think Jacques de Molay is like a famous crusader as well. It's like another famous name taken from history. If you could pull up that clip, yeah. That one so I don't know how to spell. De Molay, it's D-E-M-O-L-A-Y. Just okay. regular French. Yeah. De, de Molay International. An international fraternal organization for young men, ages twelve to twenty-one. Like the YMCA. It's fun to stay. The YM de Mole. The Mole. <laughs> uh, so these two relics were created by the Maya god. I don't know how to pronounce this. I tried saying it out loud to myself. So let's see. Uh, X quick. It's X Q U I C. Quick, maybe like Shabalba is also spelled with an X. Yeah. Quick. X quick. Um, the pronunciation guide yeah nesquik so nesquik. she is the <laughs> oh, no, maya god of chocolate in llama's milk <laughs> speaking um, of blood money <laughs> yeah, nestle <laughs> chocolate in general but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so uh shikwik or xquick is one of the daughters of the underworld shibulba which is the maya underworld okay. um while the key was still in place and the box had previously been stolen or tomb raided if you will by a another the the classic evil white guys spanish missionaries baby <laughs> yeah so, like, the mid-game twist when you're looking for the silver box is the fact that it's already been taken by Spanish, like, colonists, by conquistadors. Okay. So, a Spanish missionary working for Trinity named Andres Lopez in 1603 had already taken the box. He found it and then uh, afterwards was just like, well, no, Trinity probably shouldn't have this power. So, he did the correct thing. Uh, he simply moved it didn't tell anyone where it was, and then took it to his grave in a booby-trapped tomb underneath a uh, Christian mission called the Mission of San Juan in Peru. Okay. So when you Chad get energy. it from him... Sorry? Chad energy. It's, yeah, exactly. it's hard to... It must be hard to not only convince the other missionaries at the monastery that you need to booby-trap your tomb. <laughs> <laughs> but then to also get them to not touch it for hundreds of years, like the booby-traps, and just maintain those. It's like... They've got it's, the, the, the sarcophagus with the box up at the end of the wall, and it's just like, they're all setting the, like, like human-sized rat trap springs, basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, putting them down. Yeah. <laughs> the the booby-traps in this one are actually... I just brute-forced the puzzle because I didn't really understand it. Uh, where you have to like push in these, push in these like cranks or whatever into the walls with like these various depictions of Jesus uh, and his cro- carrying the cross. Okay. And basically, if you get it wrong, it just like snaps shut these like handcuffs around Lara. She's like, oh no, and then just shoots a big fucking spike right through her head. Yeah, like, I mean, we didn't, we didn't really, we haven't really talked about it, but like the uh, the getting trapped cutscenes in that in the first game anyway and i assume it continuing on throughout the series were always so unnecessarily violent to, they're, to me. Too, like, they're too long and yeah. wildly violent yeah they're wildly violent and i like i just remember one in the first game where you're like you're you're uh 
like going down a river essentially where there's there's these like hazards or it's like a chute where they've like you're you're in a pool and you get dumped down this like chute or whatever so you're riding the water down and you have to dodge these like spike traps that oh, are set yeah, along yeah, the yeah, way yeah. and it's like she like catches herself and like holds herself and then like slowly gets impaled like under the chin by a spike I do remember um, that one, yeah. Which is just like so stuck with me. And I, I've gone on record in the past saying like I, I'm not a big fan of like gore or over the top violence. Um, but yeah, like like you say, like they're long, and I do remember. I think I remember that section specifically because it was like it was a difficult section in a video game where it's like you kind of just have to memorize like where the o- obstacles are because it's really hard to react fast enough to dodge them. Uh, and so you just see the same cutscene which lasts six seconds or whatever like over and over and over again while you're trying to get try again exactly uh yeah i mean too much too much violence i think in video games these days and i am a thousand and two hundred year old man who's been living in siberia for (laughs) for all that time and so i'm the authority on yeah so i'm the authority on saying video games are too violent these days (laughs) um in the second and third ones they are equally as brutal but they're mercifully short and I don't know. There, there's not as I do remember the chin spike one mm-hmm. is like burned into my mind, but like falling to a spike pit in like an ancient ruin is never not gonna be funny, and it only lasts a second. <laughs> like you fall through the floor to a spike pit, you're like, ah, you fucking got me, of course. <laughs> got me. Yeah. So those are good, but they did they did tone it down. Um, I they I'm just better at games, I guess, or I'm playing a shooter on PC instead of on PS3 at this point. Um. I found the games fairly easy. I played on the harder difficulties, but it's yeah. the good kind of hard difficulty where both you and the enemy take and do more damage. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like you have to be more careful. You're all glass cannons, which is it's how the Metro games did it. And I, I very much love that as well. Yeah. But there's not as many like in this one, there is like a tribe of subterranean cannibals where if you get killed by one in a melee attack, it will like grab you by the face and like bash your head into the ground. And like that one's too long. But it's the way it's shot at the angle. It's like you don't see your head like break apart. Yeah. Or anything. Like too, too bad. It's just annoyingly long to be killed by, you know, a goblin. Essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be beaten to death by a goblin. Yeah, exactly. To be beaten, uh, so th- beaten off to death by a Jamie. Oh, well, I mean, that's pretty good. The podcast demon. I'd be able to die at least once if that's how I went. <laughs> Jamie beating I, you off to I, death. I, I could make it to 1100 if that happened a couple of over times. the clothes. You, you in a you in a dark room lying on a table next to Angelina Jolie. He's got two hands. <laughs> <laughs> just like three of us in the front seat of one of those old cars that doesn't have a, just a, have a shifter. Just a bench, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Shaquik, um, what, excuse me, uh, the creator of these relics, the goddess Shaquik, plays a pretty minor role in Maya mythology, uh, at least according to the Wikipedia article on her that I read. It's very short. Okay. She is sometimes associated with the waning moon, but her real contribution to the creation myth was giving birth to the heroic twins Hunapu and Shablanke. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, Shikwik is an odd choice because in this particular version of the Maya apocalypse, the eclipse that is going to overtake and kill the sun at the end of the game, um, the Mayans or the Maya had an eclipse god. Like they could have just used that used one. Named Ahsiliz. It's A H C I L I Z. But yeah, Ahsiliz okay. or Siliz, I guess, is is the Maya eclipse god. And they were like, nah, just uh <laughs> take Nesquik, the chocolate one. That's that's the one we're gonna use for yeah, the apocalypse yeah. game. 
Uh, twin heroes, this is real mythology now. Twin heroes are a staple of a lot of native North and South American myths. Uh, this is a bit of kind of kook speculation. I do think like warrior twin myths were carried through from Russia and Asia, like through the Bering Strait or however people got here 20, 30,000 years ago, because a lot of Native American myths and South American, Native South American myths have heroic twins. And if you yeah. go back far enough to other other things like Remus and Romulus and whatnot from Rome, but that's way after people would have already colonized uh, the Americas, right? Because they've been here for longer than Rome or even like China. Oh, like yeah. The, the saying, people, saying colonizes, so we're not colonized. I know, there's no inhabited. other people, right? Yeah. <laughs> inhabited, yeah. Uh, like migrated, I guess, would be the term of like, yeah. because the people who came here are referred to as the Paleo-Indians. Migrated, They're, so you're calling them immigrants. That's what to, you're saying. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get them out of here. I'm 1,100 years old. That's what my minion is saying. <laughs> Anti-immigrant Canadian form minion. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Paleo Indians would have brought this, these, like these, the warrior twin legends with them, presumably, which is why, because of course they dispersed north to south, and all these cultures on the way down to the tip of Argentina have like this, this like part of the creation myth. Okay. Well, I mean, all would be an insane thing to claim. I, I guess I misspoke there, but like a lot of them do. Right? Sure, sure, yeah. All it, the Indians think the same thing about the warrior twins, dude. It's great. So <laughs> <laughs> so simple and easy. Yeah, yeah. Boy, history is easy. Boy, yeah. When you look at it through from when you look at history from my perspective, yeah, it's just As real a, simple. Yeah. If you look through the lens of a confident white man, yeah, it's, oh, uh, it's pretty it easy really to understand the <laughs> other cultures. Aliens did it. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. um, so Trinity's involvement in South America dates back to when the Europeans arrived. They came over with them as they were big Catholics. Uh, however, the South American branch has kind of folded into something called the Cult of Kukulkan, worshippers of the God of Creation and Destruction. Uh, Kukulkan is one of the many cool South American snake gods uh, cool. who wreaks destruction upon the land. Uh, the cult currently is led by Pedro Dominguez, who you can pull up a picture of, handsome Latino man. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he was actually born in a secret city called Paititi. Uh, this one is, it's much easier to explain, the uh, jungle city in Peru this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one makes a lot more sense. How do we get the jungle city in Peru, though? How do we get the, how do we get the igloos into Peru? Same yeah. guy. <laughs> it's just like, it's on a glacier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you go high enough up in the mountains in Peru to find uh, an igloo in for the sure. Andes, yeah, yeah, it's like it's I think the I think the Syrian desert would be harder to to put into uh, into Peru. Although they have the driest desert in the world, right? That's in Atacama Peru, I think. or whatever it yeah. is or something. Yeah, around there anyway, close enough. Yeah. Hold the clip. Um, right. Anyway, Kukulkan. Uh, uh, so uh, Pedro Dominguez was born in Paititi, but left and was. And this is what d d doomed the natives. He was educated in the West. Okay, yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why he joined Trinity and then came back and 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 I don't know if he created. I, I probably missed that. Created or at least led the cult of Kukulkan, who is trying to overthrow Paititi, and he wants to use the power of the silver box and the dagger to remake the world uh, again. A lot of the a lot of the ambitions of Trinity are just like we're gonna remake the world. So there's like. It's like that benevolent fascism of just like, yeah. no, if we're in complete control, then there's no problems. And like, give me 
the mercenary, the gift of immortality. And I yeah. swear to All God, there will be no more death and destruction. <laughs> right? No, no. We're going to put it in a, a generationally wealthy English person's house. Thank you very much. Yes, exactly. Uh, we're the good guys. <laughs> so, as, uh, God, I, as Jesus, a white person intended, right? Yes, exactly. The first white man. <laughs> 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 we're on the shores of the Red Sea. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a fucked up title for the episode. <laughs> ah, yeah, Tomb Raider, the first white man. <laughs> so Paititi is currently ruled over by uh, the exile queen Unarutu, who is the last image I have there. Um, this character, in-game, she is so well-written and so well-acted, and the animation and the mocap is so good. Uh, honestly, like, Unarutu is one of my favorite like supporting game characters like rip and power rip and power queen i loved every second she was on screen so well written just like no nonsense like whoever played her when they were like you're the queen of an entire city absolutely like no jokes no sass nothing absolutely in charge in control at all times like so fucking well done i i really loved uh her arc of the the third game there nice Portrayed um, by P- Patricia Velasquez. Who's that? Is she? Yeah, I wonder if she's in anything oh, else. You would recognize her. She's yeah. been in, in movies. She was in The Mummy. Uh, she's in some other stuff. The Mummy. <laughs> like oh, that's such a picture. Mummy? Or, yeah. The Tom Cruise mu- No, the uh, Brendan Fraser Mummy. Forgot oh, Tom Cruise. Hell yeah. Forgot Tom Cruise made a. Uh, yeah. he, she was like the old uh, Anuxuna Moon, like the original Anuxuna Moon. In the, uh, in the in the movie, right? I rewatched the Brendan Fraser the first Mummy last year. It holds up. That movie. Oh, great. it's fantastic! It's yeah, so I, I watched fun. it in the last few years too. It's phenomenal, phenomenal. I don't know about the second or the third. I haven't seen them. I don't think ever, frankly. But I've seen. I've, I think I've seen the. Which one's the Scorpion King? I've definitely seen the Scorpion King. That's the second one. And then I've seen two. Oh yeah, I do recognize this lady, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. And making the transition from like real actor, I mean, real actor, that's offensive uh, from in-person actor to like mocap and voice actor. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can do that, as we've seen with like phenomenal actors like Peter Dinklage, who, if you go by his performance in Destiny and Transformers Rise of the Beasts, cannot read. <laughs> but, like, but you like, see, but you see him on screen in Game of Thrones. He steals every fucking scene he's in. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So like, um, anyway, excuse me. Uh, Lara eventually defeats Dr. Dominguez by shooting him a bunch. It's very funny when he starts absorbing the power of a god. Uh, your bow and arrow and guns still work. So, again, no. another thing the Maya didn't prepare for. They're warning us about the apocalypse, but nothing on... As if as if the world would be static when they <laughs> yeah. carve out that calendar, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Pointed sticks are the height of technology. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. Uh, a big rock at the end of a stick. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah. damn, new technology a new technology this damn generation a yeah. <laughs> riz carved in hieroglyphs <laughs> which is just the my word of the week now because i think it's hieroglyphs yeah. no uh, riz <laughs> <laughs> um anyway yeah uh after stabbing so basically what you do is uh you stun him with your guns and then you run up to him and stab him with the key because it's like a dagger You're right key, yeah. basically in the end uh after killing dr dominguez lara absorbs the power but she lets the the queen of the damned who is like the leader of the queen of the she's the yin to unruchu's yang 
She is the underworld queen, basically, the queen of the cannibals. Okay. And she sacrifices, or she extracts the power of the box from Lara's body and then sacrifices it to restore the sun, thus not undoing the 70,000 people that died in Mexico, but, like, ends the apocalypse, so another poor city that the yeah. U.S. has absolutely pillaged <laughs> does <laughs> yeah. not sink into the Gulf That's of Mexico. It. At least Europe isn't going to be impacted by all this. Well, certainly not. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Although, uh, Assassin's Creed, um, on the subject of ancient history, Assassin's Creed Rogue, which is a yeah. underrated one, uh, that one opens with the earthquake in Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, the security system protecting the Peace of Eden under uh, under Lisbon is just like, somebody touched the box, sink the bitch into the ocean, and there's like a really good escape scene of like Lisbon oh, yeah. collapsing into the sea. Yeah, yeah Play Assassin's Creed Rogue, guys. You can get it for a buck. Like, it's Oops. it's really good. I, uh, I know personally the voice actor for that one. Yes, uh, I know. I have him on yeah. Facebook. He's yeah. like, he's just a Montreal guy. Yeah, funny guy. Plays um, Jake Cormack. Yeah, and I mean, any any game where you get to see Portugal slide into the sea has got to be a good game, right? Based. <laughs> Based. <laughs> <laughs> a great uh, soundbite, I think. <laughs> yeah, just add that one to the board. <laughs> Leave a note. Uh, so in the end, like I said, she allows the powers to be removed, ends the, like, prevents the apocalypse and puts everything in her home. She's so like, well, no one will ever get this evil box and restart the apocalypse by breaking into my house that would be insane um but she returns home and in the epilogue it just like ends the trilogy there everything gets wrapped up in a nice little bow so nice. that would be uh the survivor trilogy of the tomb raider games i love them i like the lore i like the real world inspiration of all of it i think they're great uh yeah pick them up if you can one of them's on game pass and the rest is definitely cheap so i've been your host peter O'Donnell. you can find me at lore boys podcast on instagram Big things slowly starting to come together. Hit us up. Give us a follow. Thank you to everybody who's followed us recently. We got another big bump there. All the likes, everything. All the messages, the responses, the story. Love it all. Thank you very much. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just checked if you've been up to date with EGS and the free games, uh, Epic Game Store, and the free games they give away on PC, you might, like me, own the trilogy. Because I was like, this, I'm sure I own them somewhere. And they are there, zero playtime, <laughs> not installed, but on Epic Game Store because they were given away for free at some point. I know you're doing your roguelike Pokemon thing, but like if you want to roll credits in 10 hours and they're a lot of fun, you could get through all three like in a couple I'm of weeks. Doing my roguelike po Pokemon thing, I did also buy Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader today and the Cyberpunk DLC. So, Oh, okay. The Cyberpunk DLC is fire as fuck, though. Yeah, no, also, way better. I was looking like I have some games. I bought Time Spinner recently, which is like a uh, Metroidvania game uh, that I still haven't touched at all, which I would like to play. Never beat Tunic. There's, I, I got plenty of stuff to play. Those, okay. those will sit in my Epic Games library for at least you own months. them. I have Citizen Sleeper, this sci-fi RPG that I wanted to start as well, which I haven't touched. I got Tales of Iron, friend of the show, David got me. I haven't touched. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of games to play. Why do we got to make me feel bad about it, Peter? Um, I, yeah, I know you have a daughter and shit, but you could yeah. play a game with a female protagonist. Really inspire her. <laughs> right? Uh, well, I have Imposter Factory, which I'm pretty sure has a female protagonist, and I haven't touched it all. So, uh, Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm not a feminist. <laughs> uh, oh, I just noticed. I just pulled up Imposter Factory. It's like a mystery game where you have to like solve a mystery, essentially. It has one achievement, I'm just noticing, and that achievement is end the world. <laughs> it just says, do what must be done. How exciting. Um, <laughs> I see. 
I'll let, uh, maybe I'll play that this week and let you guys know on the bonus audio next week if it's any good. Like we said earlier in the show, if you want to listen to our bonus audio where we talk about uh, kind of what games we've been playing, stuff going on in our lives, more uh, casual conversation between the boys, uh, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the lore boys for more information on that. Uh, we do have an Instagram. Pete, you want to talk about the Instagram at all? I did already. You already did? Okay, well, I wasn't listening, Peter. Uh, yeah, clearly you were looking at whether or not you owned Tomb Raider and exactly. then decided not to play it. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we do have a Jimbo who's usually joining us. If this is your first episode, there is usually a third person on this cast who would plug the Discord. Uh, there's a link in the description uh, below where you can uh, shout out the boys. You can chat with us. We're usually in there a little bit. Uh, the patrons get access to a couple extra channels like Patron AMA, where we do our best to answer answer any questions that you ask. That we're not always good at answering them. So- Somebody asked today, what's your guilty pleasure TV show? And all three of us were like, damn, we don't really watch TV. So, uh, <laughs> I know, that was so disappointing. I was like, TV? What the fuck are you talking about? I wish, I wish I watched TV to answer your question, Turtle, but I don't. So what are you, a fuck. thousand years old? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turtle's such a boomer. Uh, uh, there's a lore request channel where you can request us to cover lore. Somebody requested more Bionicle today. Somebody requested uh, Lord of the Rings today, which we've done several episodes on and uh magnus who's who's been around for a long time at this point was surprised that we've done more than just shadow of war even though we've definitely done plenty more like episodes. five <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of lord of the rings at this point uh i would love to do the numenarians uh someday uh oh yeah that's a great uh, i want to do rohan is is my is on my personal list on my phone yeah there you go so uh get into the discord channel the discord server uh if you have a discord account and you can join the lore request channel or you can send us an email uh at gmail.com uh we'll read it when we do a mailbag which we do periodically we probably have one coming up sometime soon uh we the fun thing is we never know when we're gonna do them it all 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 depends on when can we all get together and afford to get drunk for a night because usually yeah. we get usually we get pretty close to blackout drunk on twitch and <laughs> read some emails have a good laugh uh, i fell asleep once during bloodborne <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true that was a, after we finished reading the emails when jamie and i started pl- uh playing um bloodborne uh and we're chatting we were talking with somebody from Australian guy, Zealand. Right? Shellen yeah. was his name. And I don't remember why we were talking to this person or how, how we were talking to this person, but we were playing yeah. Bloodboard, talking to this person as far as I can remember. Who knows? That was years in the past. Uh, so you can uh, get in touch with us. Loreboyspodcast at gmail.com or contact at Um If you want to support the show, there's Patreon, which I plugged already. And if you don't trust Patreon, we do have Lore Boys Prime, which we've always had. Of course, like always, uh, we ask for a little something in return uh, to be a part of the exclusive club. So uh, this week, whoever can sink Portugal into the sea (laughs) will get to become a member of Lore Boys Prime this week. Uh, We'll need some kind of proof that you're the one that did it, I suppose. So, you know, the, uh, the golden apple. Uh, which you use to harness the power of the gods and, you know, cause the the mountains to crumble into the sea or whatever it may be. Uh, Make sure you bring that uh, as homework. We'll probably take the divine power from you when you're done with it, just because like like any good pledge in the lower boys fraternity, uh, you'd want to make sure that you're you're given the the real goods. You're you're paying it up, right? It's like an MLM, the lower boys prime, basically, where we're going to ask you to recruit uh, other people with divine powers. So that we can then take their divine powers as well and give you a little little uh, sprinkling of some leftover divine power for yourself. Yeah, absolutely, don't worry about it. Yeah, why do you need? Why do you need all that divine power? Why don't you want to just give it to us and give us immortality? If if the Lord Boys were immortal, 
that means that the Lord Boy show would never end, which is presumably something you'd want if you've made it this far to the episode. <laughs> the thousand year <laughs> Lore Boy Empire. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, hit us up. And I think that would constitute Lore Boys. Lore Boys. Out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.